PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 397. Oh my heaven of Cinema Crespati. So with me is the Drews the Cogman. Drews the Cogman. So, oh, your heaven. What's your heaven like, Chris? If, if it's your heaven. Well, my heaven is much like my perfect Sunday morning, which starts with awaking in my soft down pillow bed with a soft rays of light coming in through the. Everything's going to be soft. Soft donuts to eat, uh, a nice big old dump in the morning. Followed by a newspaper leaving my hands all covered with that, with that weird newsprint mm-hmm. dirt feeling when mm-hmm. you handle a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, New York Times crossword puzzle. Bowl of fruit. So granola. And you've got a really limited skew view of heaven. You're like a nice big dump. In, in, my, in my heaven, this I don't my, have to, this, this is my Sunday morning. I don't baby. have to defecate anymore. I'm in heaven. What's the point of defecating? Because it feels so good to so evacuate. You're like, ah. It's like I'm, I am empty. I mean, and then I can now be filled with the love of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so wait, so, so you're saying that you both eat and defecate Jesus while you're in heaven? Yeah, is that the whole point of the Eucharist? Right? Yeah, yeah. I, eat, I mean, technically, I mean, te- if we are going with transubstantiation yes. being like a real thing, and and the, and the Eucharist does become the body of Christ, then you would be correct. You would be consuming <laughs> and defecating the body of Christ. So then, there's a second transubstantiation when the the wine and the food becomes the blood and the body, and then the second trans transubstantiation is when the blood and the body then becomes the the poop and the pee. <laughs> Man, we're really, we're hitting those deep religious questions here in Cinema Crespedes. This is what we do. This is what keeps me up at night, which is then why I cherish those Sunday mornings, those perfect Sunday mornings, the bowl of fruit, the Sunday morning crossword puzzle, New York Times crossword puzzle, the big old dump. It all ties together, Drew Cogburn. You say so. So are we going to restart the episode? Or we, I think we'll stick with all that. Guys, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about here. Uh <laughs> Oh yeah, this is also the Florida Film, one of the Florida Film Festival episodes. So if you're tuning in to hear the Florida Film Festival stuff, oh boy, you, you may want to jump forward. I don't know, twenty minutes or so, Ooh. to hear us talk about your movie. You want to hear me talk about your movie? Um, 
Well, we did see a new movie this weekend, I think. Did you see it? Yes. Okay, here we yes. go. We're talking about the Netflix film. Oh, film. Netflix movie. movie. Yeah. No, movie. Netflix TV pilot. Uh, power. Project Power. I almost said it wrong. Power yeah, and that Project. That would have been. It would. That would have been an expensive pilot, but it would have been a fun TV show. It would be a make for. It would be a good TV show. It would. I don't know. It feels. I don't know. You get what, more into the weeds with all the different characters, uh, their powers, and the different things yeah. that this mm-hmm. scenario props up. Did you? What do you think? I mean, first blush. Uh, I loved the use of the Darren Aronofsky film stuff. Where all these uh, all, the macro photography. All the macro photography that he. Piloted, yes. Uh, but you know what? I, I I caught some at the end of Akira last night. My brother was watching yeah. it, and then there are shots in there like eye shots, close up of that. It looks oh, like yeah. they're hand drawing yeah. macro photography. Yeah, I'm I sure that's where Aronofsky got it. From. I'm definitely. I love it. I, I, <laughs> I love it. Yes, the, the the visuals of the movie were very yes, cool. The visuals were were fun. Yeah. Uh, the rated Arnest of it made it fun. Uh, at first, when they were like cursing and stuff, I was like, it's weird that this movie's rated R. They don't really seem to be going for it. No. And then for like the last 30 minutes of the movie, they, it's start, like, oh. they start going for it. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the powers were fun. It, 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 it definitely felt like, it felt like somebody took a great comic book mm-hmm. and turned it into a movie. It's something simple. <laughs> something for the masses. A movie. <laughs> yeah, right. It's weird. Um, but like, but, but like, the, the concept is fun. The concept's fun. They went there with the special effects. Even, and actually, the, uh, the fight scene where you're watching the fight scene from inside the tube where that one girl died. That was an interesting choice. That was actually that was an interesting inspired. Yeah. It was inspired. Mm-hmm. Like Somebody had an idea and they fucking went with it and I give them credit for it. Because they could have just had it. Just It's out there in the room. You're seeing it. It could have been a traditional, all the tropes, yeah. right? But uh-huh. No, you're right. They, uh, they did switch it up there for that one in a in a weird fun way. Yeah, so I give them props for that. Sure. Uh, like I said the powers were fun. Yeah. The the effects for the powers were fun. Pretty good. It makes good. it makes me want the Marvel people to go more that looking route for the characters. Maybe they will for like the new god stuff that's coming or is that the you see? The Eternals is what I meant. Maybe that'll open up the door for the for the different I don't know, the, visual representation I'm just saying, of powers I'm, and what they can be. I'm, I'm getting sick of the quote-unquote, the, the superhero with the plastic armor. It was fun when it started, yeah. and I get it because, you know, comic books, but it's... Time, time it's, to evolve. Yeah. Well, X-Men. Time to switch it up. X-Men. They're coming. Like right? that, that'll open up those doors time, that you're looking it, for. It's time to switch it up. The whole Marvel Universe... Not talking about Marvel. The whole Marvel Universe did, like kickstart with Iron Man which the whole idea of that was how can we make a superhero movie but also kind of grounded sort yeah. of like in a Batman Begins sort of way uh, Iron Man Begins right is the yeah. first one so they've been dealing with that aesthetic the whole time and then it's like it feels like strategically the introduction of Guardians of the Galaxy and all these other characters are meant to get them away from yeah all our dudes are like dudes with super serums or suits or bows and arrows mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, and now with the Eternals that's going to be even more of oh now we're like ancient beings yeah. with the, but all but, these unlimited powers but they're still wearing plastic armor they are still wearing, <laughs> still wearing plastic armor what's up with that <laughs> what's so up with that? Yeah. one of them needs to flame on and just be like a walking walking flame dude exactly like like this guy, and then at the end, you know, have the, the fact that his body's burnt to a crisp after. That was that's a, that's a great detail. The effects of the Having and, and, these powers. and how they look afterwards. That's that is cool. Um, I like the one power that sort of like made me think of uh, Doomsday or Wolverine. Mm-hmm. The, the the use of bones as a yep. as a weapon. Yeah. Um, but 
but then the whole thing is the the story. I feel like that's why I say it's a pilot for a TV show. It could have been. Oh no, definitely. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like so much gets and, smooshed into under two hours. And, and even still, with I don't want to give it away, but but with the way that it all ended, mm-hmm. with, with those kind of character arcs and the characters and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. like it this could be easily weaved into any sort of comic book universe. Yes. Yeah, they could, so easily. They could uh, obviously set up for whatever kind of sequel they might want to do or whatever. But yeah, there's like a lot of characters and uh, they could have gone so many different routes. So it almost feels like so they took the simple route mm-hmm. for a lot of it. They were so focused on the effects and trying to figure out what the different powers would be that then when they came to the actual story, I was like, yeah. ooh, there's a government agency, and they're using the people as yeah, guinea pigs. It's like, what the fuck we, ever? We've, we've, seen, we've seen this so many times. Yeah. Um, I did like Jamie Foxx, but I always like Jamie oh, Foxx. Yeah. I think, I, Jamie Foxx has it. I can't think of a time when I haven't yeah. liked them, right? Um, JGL was fine. Yeah. All right. Tricky playing a cop now in, uh, in an A-cab world, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to speak, but it was uh, still it was okay. Well, you know what I did Remember, not like? I, I just I, I, when, when I when I watched it, I was just like, "Oh, he's uh, this is just uh, Dick Grayson from the fucking yes." Uh, <laughs> I percent thought of Batman. Yeah, I was like, "Dick Grayson yeah. moves to New Orleans and he, and he never becomes Robin." Okay, yeah, I hundred percent thought of the end of Batman when he's like, "This is a platform." It's like, "Oh, so that fell apart." Yeah, that fell apart. He went to New Orleans because he's reckless. He's reckless. Um. How his character wears the New Orleans uh, football jersey so corny. So you never see that. Well, anywhere. I mean, the whole the whole movie was very New Orleans heavy. I mean, obviously, you but know, I they probably like, got some great tax breaks for that. Absolutely, so. and I did like, I did appreciate football jersey corny, but I did appreciate that it's a New Orleans movie. They're using it very much, and I don't think yeah, yeah, see the French Quarter. Once. No, there's no Mardi Gras. No. None of that stuff. No, th- it's like, thank God. Yeah, New Orleans proper. <laughs> it's like, what if you shot a movie? You said, "Oh, this movie's in Orlando." Then you shot the whole thing at Disney. You're like, motherfucker, it's not even Orlando. Exactly. It's Lake Buena Vista. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like kind of. I appreciated that, um, and I like the what's this lady's name? This young girl, Dominique Fishback. Oh, the chick. Yeah, yeah. She was she was good. She's very good. I think I think she has the rare talent of being able to cry on command because those tears just fucking they're just there yeah, all of a sudden is like, that like what? take 12 she finally figured it out because uh. yeah she's, she does seem she's good uh. she's very very good she's gonna be in something else I feel like she has another project coming up Pro- oh project <laughs> um, so we'll probably be seeing more of her in, oh. in the future because she's, she's very good uh, movie itself it's like if I had seen it in a theater I'd be like oh boy well no exactly it's <laughs> It is the. It's a Netflix movie. Exactly, it's the Netflix movie. Like it's, it, is it is it watchable? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to see it in theaters? I mean, some of the action probably could have been cooler on a bigger screen, but in sure. all reality, at the price point, no, not worth it. Yeah, there really wasn't too many moments where I was like, oh, I wish I could have seen this in a theater. The, like, the, that never really happened. The final. The final power. The final power. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. The that would have been cool. The biggest, the biggest moment. Yeah, yeah. That would have been awesome on the big screen. But, Other than that, the, no. Uh, I feel like I kind of, I kind of wish when we got good movies <laughs> on a regular basis. Those are the ones that would come out in theaters, mm. and they all got pushed to twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, no, exactly. So now we're getting all the streaming stuff. So almost feel like it's um, uh, what's the hostage Stockholm syndrome? Yes. 
Where it's like, I, I just want to like this movie because it's a movie and it's new. Mm-hmm. It's got people I like in it. Yeah. It's got Jamie Foxx. Well, I mean, it, it's the same thing. It's it's the most attractive thing you have yeah, right there. It's the best it's, option it's, at the moment. It's, it's like the attractive person at work. Like, they may or may not be actually attractive, but at work, oh, you're like, wow, they are attractive. And then you see them out of work in the rest of the world, and yeah. you're like, you know what? Context. It's just average. Con- context, <laughs> context matters. So. That's so true. Um. So yeah, I feel like if you are looking for a superhero, a kind of a twist on a superhero kind of movie, this would be a good one. It's an interesting enough idea. Don't expect it to be like all that smart or really go into how anything works. Like it just things just are the way no, they but are. If- if you like all of the mediocre action movies that run through theaters, you'll love this. Like, yeah, sure. Elijah will love this movie. Yeah, sure. sure yeah, because yeah, it's <laughs> he would like, love it. It's, right, it's a big old meatball right down the middle. It's it's fine. Enough. Maybe a little too urban for him, but for the most part, yeah, he will he will like it. Um, all right, so Project Power. That was our new movie review for for the week. Uh, let's get into our, our media diet. Well, part of my media diet has been the Virtual Florida Film Festival. Yeah, so sir. let me let me review some Go of these it. movies real quick. We got a. And I'll just do them in the order that I've seen them. Okay. And also, I'll disclaimer this as well, that uh, I think all of these movies, no, three of them don't have any sort of distribution deal yet. I am I try to be cognizant of doing film. I've learned to, of doing film festival movies. Uh, if I see a movie at a film festival, I don't like it too much. I try not to shit on it or even maybe not bring it up. Because then, uh, like, what's the point of shitting on something where they're still trying to get a scene? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh I did pay for my pass this year, so I'm more of a consumer. That does give me a little more leeway to be more, uh, in a weird way, honest. Mm-hmm. Not, not trying to bash things as opposed to being a critic. But anyway, that's just a weird disclaimer. That doesn't make too much sense. <laughs> um, so here are the movies I saw in order. I saw this movie, Drought. It's a narrative fiction. This one is about a little under 90 minutes, and it is a, a, about a... Um, uh, brother and sister. Brother is autistic. Age is kind of... You know, he could be 17. He could be 22. I don't know. Okay. And they... Uh, her mom, very early on in the movie, her mom gets herself pinched by the law for selling the, for selling the weeds. Mm. Uh, so while she's stuck in jail for a few days getting all that shit sorted out, um, the brother and the sister, she helps him go on a storm chasing trip. Okay. Because he's like a... This, oh, it's all 1993. That's important. Okay. <laughs> all right. Twister. Yeah, so he's like... Uh, Twister. We're, we're in the middle. Should, of, should the movie have been called Aw Twister? Uh, if there was a Twister, but it's not. It's actually more. It's drought because no. he's all like Aw Twister, Chris. Not a Twister. Like autistic, but with a Twister. So oh, it could be Twister. Aw Twister. If see if they had the budget for a tornado. Wait, <laughs> they, they, they maybe Aw Twistic. They could have done that. Is that a? Is that a? a I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're not gonna go down that road. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay away from that. The he thinks there's a drought. It's like, we're in the middle of a drought. It's hard to tell when you're in the middle of a drought. So we're going to go chase a storm. Sister's like, okay. So it's a bit of a road movie. Uh, a friend tags along. And it's that kind of thing. A low budget. Okay. It reminds me of very early Wes Anderson, where it's just like real people sort of thing. Even earlier Wes Anderson, you lose all that twee stuff and, mm-hmm. the, and the pomp and the circumstance. And it's just like... People. Nice, yeah, nice little movie about people. Uh, and that's what it is. It's just like a nice little movie about people. Uh, there's some drama, there's some connection, uh, there's some resolution at the end, but it also feels like, oh, all these possibilities. It, it gives you all the things you want in a, in a nice little movie and a drama like that. And also, it's a type of thing where it's like written and directed by the people who are also starring in it. That's always a tough thing. Okay, to yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think they pulled it off. It's a good one. I liked it. It was making its 
Florida premiere. Okay. I think that's so, another so thing. So it's been out there. It's been out there a bit. It's played some film festivals, but this is its first screening in, in Florida. They did a couple, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I saw a documentary called Current Sea, and it's about... Uh, As in, like, instead of sea current, current sea? Yes. Okay. As in the sea current. Yes. It's the current sea. Okay. And it is about... Uh, uh, it better have something to do with money. Well, ultimately, good. Most documentaries. Well, no, because like because, because if not, it'd be a money. waste of a pun and play it, and wordplay. It's uh, greed, obviously, plays into this because it is about overfishing. Okay. In Cambodia, okay, specifically. So there's this uh, uh, guy started as a sports journalist in Australia, moved to moved to Cambodia, got a job there as an investigative journalist because they, they ain't know that much sports in yeah. Cambodia. And one of the things, one of the stories I ended up chasing down is the overfishing of Cambodian waters by neighboring Vietnamese fishers because mm-hmm. they've overfished their waters yeah. already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the Cambodian government's doing nothing about it, but there's this English guy living on a tiny island. Who's all gung-ho? He's all gung-ho for trying to start up a conservation society, trying to keep out the uh, the illegal fishermen. So the whole documentary then is about uh, this little group of people and this guy self-funding struggling to try to save the fish in this little part of the world and you know no spoilers or anything but I will say it's a good movie to watch right now because it, it gives you hope that like oh yeah a small group of people with seemingly like no help insurmountable odds work hard enough slog hard enough you can get you can make a difference you can do something. in a positive way and it maybe it's a small difference but then that can spread and that can spread uh, so it was, it's good. It's a good movie to see now these days. Okay. And again, it's only like 80 minutes. All these movies are short. No. Um, back to narrative. The outside story. Okay. This is Brian Tyree Henry. Ah, yes. Yes. He is uh, a Brooklynite uh, living in a two-story walk-up, second-floor walk-up, mm-hmm. where he, uh, he edits. This is a weird thing. He edits um, In Memoriam videos okay for dead celebs okay but he does it with these people in a way that he has them like ready to go and if someone's about to die it's like pow he's, he's like putting in the final the final touches of it so movie starts this uh fake celebrity is like on the verge of death so he's like editing this video his boss is like come on i need this thing this guy he's going into surgery or whatever mm-hmm. he through a series of machinations gets himself locked out of his apartment with no shoes, just mm-hmm. in his socks. Okay. So then the whole and that he's all rough. and he's an introvert. Mm-hmm. He's lived there for three years, barely knows his neighbors. Mm, so now, now you you'd appreciate this. <laughs> yeah. Now he has to go around to his like knocking on <clears throat> doors or talking to people, trying to just get through, trying to get back into his apartment in time. But really, you know, he's gonna be stuck outside mm-hmm. the whole movie, <laughs> and uh, it's it's just him like meeting his neighbors, getting out of his shell, uh, confronting things about his own past and decisions that he's made very recently up to this. It becomes like about his relationship and stuff like that. Uh, good. It's really good. Very funny. Um, it's a it's a comedy drama, but for sure there was a, some really good, uh, and not broad humor, like, like kind of smartly written dialogue and that kind of stuff. Uh, he, he has to befriend the traffic cop. Doesn't have to. He ends up befriending a traffic cop. Fun. It's in. and she. I was like, this girl looks interesting, and then I realized I saw her in some TV commercials. Okay, it's a weird. It's a weird thing when it's yeah. like that's a TV. That's a commercial actor. I mean, a lot. Of, she's in a movie. A lot of people started in commercials. That's fair. Really, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I like that. Outside Story is a good one. And I feel like that one, especially with having Brian Tyree Henry in the lead. 
Uh, and it being a good movie, it, it really good shot of popping up on like Hulu, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Yeah. So when it does, check it out. Roger that. Uh, now this one, this movie, The Swerve, is a, has apparently been playing film festivals since at least 2018. Okay. And I feel like so it's probably maybe still looking for distribution. Yeah, that kind sounds of thing. like it. And I can understand why. And not because the movie's bad. It's not bad. It's a well-made movie, actually. And it's also funny where it's one of these things where it's uh, obviously low budget, right? And it's just shot in the suburbs. So it's a lot of locations, like a uh, classroom, grocery store, places that are generally brightly lit. And, mm-hmm. and when you just do high-def video, it's like, oh, it just looks like amateur hour. Yeah. Um, it's the whole thing's a psychological slow burn drama and all these locations are shot in very moody ways and uh, it's like good cinematography for, for what they're going for I was uh, impressed cool by, by how it looked oh I forgot to write down the other movie that I uh, that you saw yeah come on write it down and uh, the reason why I don't think it's having an easy time finding someone to pick it up to put out on the platform is because it, it gets dark at the end ah. uh, it gets dark in a way that's just like whoa I don't, I don't know about that and then um, is that the swerve there's a literal swerve in the film oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a, when it happens like, it's not a great title either I don't no. think the swerve is a good title and then when halfway through the movie or not even less than halfway something happens and you're like oh okay swerve I see and then it's alright and so now the title makes sense okay. and then the movie goes on mm. and it almost even doesn't even become about the swerve anymore it's just emblematic of this bigger problem this woman has she's a, uh, a housewife who uh, her husband's a philanderer her kids are annoying one of her students she's a also a, she's a teacher mm-hmm. one of her students is obsessed with her mm-hmm. a high school student and uh, drawing like dirty pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, oh her sister is a psychopath which is very fun and so her, she's just like oh and there's a mouse in the house that she can't get rid of mm. that's like mocking her she it, thinks there's a moose in the house there's a moose in the house so she's not, not doing well she uh, uh, physically and mentally she's breaking down so the whole movie it's about like it becomes at a point almost what's real and what isn't yeah, fun that kind of thing so it's I mean it's good but I can see why no one's anxious like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna pick this up we're gonna spend the money to pick this up to put this out there for other people so I guess just be bummed out yeah, probably. It's tough. It's a tough sell. But good on them for making it. Hmm. Uh, I watched this documentary for Walter and Josiah. I hope I'm getting it right. Yeah, for Walter and Josiah. I think that's a, the proper order. I was it Josiah time. and Walter? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, either or. This is another one where it's like Florida <clears throat> debut. It, this has had very few screenings. Okay. Also short, 66 minutes. Oh, wow. But I can understand why. Because if this movie was 10 minutes longer, I don't know if I could have taken it emotionally. Like, okay, it was, gotcha. It was, it was like, whoa. Of, it was all, draining. of all the movies I've seen, this is the one that, that hits the hardest. I mean, within the first 90 seconds of the movie, uh, you get a mother with like dramatic music and evocative uh, photography. You get a mother sitting in her living room uh, describing the day she was told her teenage son killed himself. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, well. Like recanting, recounting that night. Starting off with a bang. Yes, and you're just like, whoa. So, uh, it's in Montana. Okay. Apparently Montana already high suicide rate. Yeah, well. Uh, like per capita. Out there. I guess. I mean, Badlands for a reason. Yeah. It, does, it does something to people. High suicide rate in Montana and in this area that they actually call the suicide belt. And that includes uh, reservation. Oh, reservation yeah. land. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the suicide rate in reservation communities for native communities is even higher. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because they're 
dirt, dirt poor. They're dirt poor. They have no support. And it's they got bad. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Been, yes. yeah. Well, the movie obviously gets into that. But the focus of the movie is how this one particular community, this one tribe, had 22 suicides in one year. Mm-hmm. Two of those people were uh, students on the same basketball team. I think they were seniors. Walter and Josiah. And the movie then follows the team through their season. Uh, their eight-game season plus a tournament at the end. And it's about the kids like working together with how suicide has affected the community overall, these two in particular. Um, and it's very interesting because it takes like a lot of the beats that you would take from a sports movie and applies it to their struggles. It gets into their community and what makes them... Uh, what makes each individual person sort of tick and all that. Mm-hmm. The coach is a, is a fascinating figure. This guy, DJ, who left the reservation, came back. He's out there as a mentor to all the students. He's younger than both of us. Yeah. And, and he's, like, doing way more. Uh, very impressive, you know. Uh, but it's also, like, uh, emotionally, it's about suicide. So yeah. it's tough. It's yeah. like, whoa, some of the stuff is very, very heavy. These people are really giving you their emotions. And... Uh, j- you just gotta sit there as a voyeur and take it, mm-hmm. little boy. Um, but it was good. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. I really recommend people checking that one out. So that's one, two, three. Uh, is that all of them? I'm pretty sure that's everything I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I still have a few more days to check out some of the other things on there, which I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of movies left, so hopefully I'll be able to get into them, and then I can kind of do a wrap up next week. Yeah. There. Okay. Media diet stuff. Uh, I watched Shaft. The 2019 Shaft. Watch that, watch that last night with, oh. the, with the fam. Is it as bad as I thought it was? Yeah, sure. I, I yeah, thought yeah. it would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it it's, might be more broadly comedic than you would have thought it was. Cause, okay. Because that surprised oh, me. Oh, so they went that route with the Shaft. They went comedy. Gotcha. Because uh, the first remake, they went action, yes. and it did not work. Yes. So they, this time they went the comedy they route, it com- still did not work. They went action comedy. Um, See, I wanted to rewatch the other Shaft, too, because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since, since 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? wrong with this thing that it's not we don't love it today um i still need to go back and do that this one i would say it's a weird it's just totally a weird mix first off directed by friend of friend of the show uh carl verna tim story ah, okay all right yes and um he it's uh the tone the tone is weird so it's like sort of it's a shaft private eye action movie at times but then they go comedy where it's like shaft uh, sees a son junior who's been raised by his mama so he's always looking down on him like oh, don't be such a pussy like and you do like pussy right so it gets weird mm-hmm. where he's like openly homophobic yeah. at times well i mean when did this movie come out last year Ooh. <laughs> so he's like openly homo- homophobic and other characters are and his son doesn't really come out on that but he does come out on other stuff so it's weird that they so his son's like a like wokeish or whatever ish. I guess ish obviously because he's not enough to be like hey it ain't cool even if I was gay it's not <laughs> cool to be like mad about that it's weird um, even Seinfeld did the not that there's anything wrong no, with that did, you yeah. know that's fucking twenty five years ago the uh, so it's weird how that's in there but then like his son is like um, calling out his dad on certain things oh it's, like, there's this one weird joke they did a thing that I hate. Where the bad guys are Spanish drug dealers. Ah, yeah. Movie takes place in New York City. So yes. who's our bad guy? Gordi- Spanish drug dealer. Gordito. <laughs> it's like Gordito. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. Um, and then they, the guy who plays him is a great actor. Isaac, I'm probably not saying it right. Isaac de Bencole. He's a African dude who raised in Paris. He's been in like Jim Jarmusch movies. Yeah. Uh, 
so they get him. It's not even, not even a Spanish guy. That's what I'm saying. Um, so that's super annoying. It's yeah. just like the only Spanish characters in the movie. Oh, the illegal drug dealer. Well, guys. welcome, <laughs> welcome to America, where all Hispanic people they're, are they're Mexican and therefore yeah. drug dealers. And no, actually, in this one, they're also they are specifically Puerto Rican. Okay, oh, so well, I mean, City. that's that that's a switch, I guess. They switched it up there, at, <coughs> uh, and so since part of the investigating that they have to do, looking up a person, Chef is like, I know, I know this person, and he's going through his files. He just has files everywhere. His son's giving him shit for that. And uh, this is the thing where it's like, where, where are they coming down on this? Uh, he's like, yeah, I found it. I found her in my Puerto Ricans I don't trust file. Ah, yes, because all Puerto Ricans <laughs> well, are well, untrustworthy. Well, there, no, there's just certain ones that he doesn't trust, <laughs> I guess, is what he's saying. Well, then, I'm, I'm just saying, if he's got a Puerto Ricans he doesn't trust, he should have a white people he doesn't trust, a black people he doesn't trust. The white one he is probably just doesn't, have a, doesn't <laughs> trust people. It doesn't trust file. The white one's probably a blanket. I don't trust all white people. Yeah. Thing. He, uh, then his son is like, you have a race based cataloging system. And he goes, well, you work for the FBI. Don't they do the same thing? And it's oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're yeah, right. So it's like, boom, <laughs> like they set themselves up for like that, that yeah. zinger race joke yeah, yeah. there. But it's like, but, but at the same they, time, at the expense of Puerto it, Ricans. Well, no, that, that, and it's the whole two wrongs. Don't make a it right. It's like, you're both, you're both fucking wrong. Right. <laughs> but, but do three wrongs make a right? No, I feel like if we make enough wrongs, we'll get there eventually. Uh, I, I think the past three plus years have proven that theory. Oh, wrong. Man. I don't know. <laughs> we, we've been doing things wrong for a long time, Chris. It's not getting any writer. Yeah, but, but I'm saying if you give him another turn, no, finally, no. Uh-uh. See, now nope. he finally gets it. No, no, we, got, it works. We, we finally got peace in the middle East. <laughs> That's in the Bible. The, the half halfway the Antichrist shows up three and a half years rules for three and a half years See, that, here's the hole in the Antichrist story for current day everyone rallies under the Antichrist yes. uh, and right now it's yes. been division so yes. that's the one thing that falls apart mm-hmm. but three and a half years everything's prosperous and then it's three and a half years of like doom and all this shit but part of that is uh, from the, uh, the, the 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 peace in the Middle East thing. Well, I, I, I read a comic book about it I mean yeah peace in the Middle East but I mean th- we're talking about Jerusalem specifically. Yeah, it's true too. So, well, we did move the embassy there. <laughs> I'm not sure what that does, but it does something. <laughs> um, I pissed off Palestine. I'm pretty sure it made some people, <laughs> it made some people mad, mad. It made some people mad. So the um, shaft is like whatever. It's it's just it's dumb. It's silly. It had a couple. I did laugh a few times. I'm just sitting there, just whatever, just to watch this thing. Uh, it, that does have a few solid jokes. It's dumb it's whatever it has alexandra ship who uh storm in the last couple x-men movies oh nice so that was nice no that was nice uh richard roundtree looking great looking better than samuel jackson he's like 20 years older than him uh Perry Mason, season finale. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they wrapped it up. Yep. They took some interesting directorial approach, storytelling approaches anyway, <laughs> with like um, his mock trial type, type all, stuff in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. The whole thing. That, yeah. that got me good. I was like, whoa, we're jumping right into well, no, this. No, exactly. I was like, oh, I was like, we're already here. Oh, I see uh, what you did. So, they got me. They got me <laughs> yeah. with that one. But I mean... That's the fun you get to have when you're making, a, a, when you're telling a visual story. That's that, true. Because that's what was going on in the character's head. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, season overall, like, it's a good show. I wouldn't say it's great. Uh, like, the, some of the story stuff, 
like the main bad guy, the way that got wrapped up, yeah. was, it wasn't that satisfying no. because it's uh, yeah. even though so, like someone gets their comeuppance, it's not in a way that's like, oh, that's ah, he got it. It's just well, it's like, oh, okay, I guess that was. But I, I mean, and at the same time too, it it keeps the uh, you know it keeps the darkness around for oh, further sure. episodes. I guess so. Yeah. So that angle can then be yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're just getting rid of a part of the machine, but keep the machine in place. Exactly. He's he has now found the machine. He now has to dismantle it piece by piece. There it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. You sold it on me. You sold me on it. I'm 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 down. Yeah. It was. It's a good show. It's a good show. I like the look of it. I think it's cool. It's fun. I like when the the Perry Mason uh the big block. Oh, yes. Good. The big block uh uh, uh opening mm-hmm. credit thing block there Art Deco style sort of. It's fun. Okay. Starting this week, this weekend, starting tonight, Lovecraft Country. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, that I, looks fucking batshit bonkers. I've only I've so seen, much fun. Yeah, I think is Dominic Fishback in that? I've only no, she's not. I think I've seen pictures, I've seen still images, and I've read a couple like little quick articles, but I stayed away from like marketing stuff. So I, I just happened upon the trailer. Yeah, in front of one of the HBO shows. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I try it if some commercial starts. I'm like, oh, yeah, thirty seconds. Skip, skip forward, skip forward. I'm, yeah. very, I'm very impatient. But I mean, days. yeah. I mean, you you know you know who all the actors are. So that plus Cthulhu what's equals a, yeah. what's his guy's <laughs> name? Jonathan Majors. Yeah, the, the guy who he was just in The Five Bloods. Yes. he was in Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes, and something else where I like read the credit. I was like, oh yeah, that was him. Like yeah. he's he's snuck under the radar there for a minute. We know your name now, Jonathan. We got you. And who's the who's the lady? Who's the female? Uh, the I, I d- don't recognize. Um, well, we're going to find out soon. Yep. Lovecraft Country. Looking, looking forward to that. Good. All right. So what's in your media? Uh, I watched uh, season two of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. So finish that off. When did that come out? It's been out. It's always been out? It's been there uh, okay. as soon as it came out on HBO Max. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so far behind. Bo- both of the seasons So was there like 40 episodes of the show then? 26. 13 and 13. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm almost done with season one then. Yeah. Because I'm on like episode seven or eight. Okay, so yeah. I've been, it's, it's been film festival week for me, right. so I haven't been able to get down on that. Mm-hmm. But it's a positive, negative, up, no, down. No, it's just fine. All, yeah. all, all the same. No, it, it, it is the continuation further adventures of. If, oh, okay. if you were in for season one, yeah. season two is just a continuation. They just keep it up. Yeah, yeah so we're going to keep having fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We, we get some, ooh, season, season two, we get dark side. <laughs> oh, fun. No, and okay. it's, 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 <laughs> This DC Universe's dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you catch my so drift, so it's gonna be a goof of some sort. It's gonna be like Skeletor. It's gonna be a dandy dark side. <laughs> I'll, 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 we just put out. I'm our, gonna say no. No, okay. But it's funny. <laughs> we just put out our our Masters of the Universe Patreon no. episode where Skeletor is walking around all dark sideish. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Okay, so that was fun. Oh, right. uh, yeah, the Perry Mason finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched uh, the. A new episode of Muppets Now came out, so I watched the two uh, previous ones. Uh, yeah, I gotta get on that end. Are you? Are you? That's down? good. I'm down. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the Miss Piggy stuff is great. I the, the fucking <laughs> I really the, like the Swedish stuff. Chef is fucking killing it for me right now. I think those are the best segments. <laughs> yeah, really good. Those, those segments are crazy. <laughs> I think they're yeah. The, the, the Danny Trail one was so funny. Uh, and now and now, even though I got out of cooking, I want to open up a restaurant called Okie Dokie Cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So weird. I love it. It's fantastic. <sighs> and I like how, you know, it's four segments per show, so it's quick. Yep. Each one's like six minutes long. Exactly. And it's just 20 minutes real fast. You can get through them really yeah. easily. I really, I really enjoy it. Awesome. It's good stuff. All right. 
Muppets Now, D+. Uh, watched uh, on Netflix a series called The World's Most Wanted. Okay. Uh, it's five episodes, and it's just about uh, five of the world's most wanted criminals and wh- what they did to get on the list. I think my brother might have been watching this. No, I mean, it's more of an internet. I think I don't think there's any Americans on it, which yeah. is why I wasn't familiar with, <laughs> with like the before. specifics of the stories. Like I, I'd heard of the atrocities, mm-hmm. but I just heard that they happened... You know, kind of in passing world news, this is kind of like a deep dive on the atrocities that happened, who committed them, and how they've been eluding capture for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Interesting. Things of that nature, so. <laughs> um, is it a movie? No. Series. It's a series. Five Limited ep- series. Five, 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 five episodes, 45 minutes each. Series. Okay. And yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, it, I did, it, it's fun. It's if you're into true crime stuff, totally watch it. I did. I don't know if I told you. I eventually got around to watching that. You, you talked about like a month ago the Bob Marley who shot the sheriff. Yeah, I watched the that remix on. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was really really good. It was. Yeah, very enjoyable. Very well done. Uh, also watched a movie on Netflix called Tread. Oh, the documentary about that guy who like built a killdozer? Yes, in Granby, Colorado in 2004. What uh, is service was this one on? Uh, it's on Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, and the reason why more people don't know about this crazy bullshit is because the next day Ronald Reagan died. <laughs> so the fucking n- news cycle turned. It's like the McMillions exactly. thing where the guy made headlines on September 10th, yes. 2001. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. So, and yeah. Then, and then Reagan dies. Exactly. <laughs> this guy, yeah, but it's a fucking crazy story. And then also he dies, right? At the yes. end, they well, kill him? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he kills himself. Oh, he killed himself? Okay. Uh, but the way... I knew he died. At the, the, the way the documentary... Is done. They play on the fact that you probably don't know a lot about the story. Sure. So, like, the first 20 minutes is from the dude's point of view, and he's telling because uh, he left behind a tape. Okay. So, kind of like a manifesto. So, they, they just play the tape. So, they. And then do recreations. They do recreations, then you listen to this tape. So, it gets you in his head, and 20 minutes in, you're like, man, this. Everybody fucking deserved all of this because it was only one point of view. And then at the 20 minute spot, they fucking flip it on you and yeah. they start talking to everybody else. And you're like, oh no, this guy was just a paranoid weirdo. He's insane. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but for the first 20 minutes, like you are, you're on, you are on this dude's fucking side. That's really funny. That's a funny twist. But, but then they flip it on you and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. and after 20 minutes of watching the other one, you're like, man, I can't believe I believe the paranoid weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. It's tricky. Exactly. You can make a movie about a bad guy, but you make him the lead. Don't even have to make him the hero, no. but you make him the lead. You get, you get that empathetic experience. Yeah. Yes. It's that, weird. Make a Friday so, the 13th movie from Jason's perspective. Yeah. He's the good guy. That's kind of boring. <laughs> it's just a lot of walking through for, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Well, you find out where all his secret tunnels are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the yeah. fact that he's got like a jetpack and you just don't notice. Yeah. Or a little, a little uh, ACV. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how he does it. That's how he gets around. Uh, and also on YouTube, okay. uh, Night City Wire episode two. So this is the ongoing web series about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, they talk about you know, they release new, new information, new videos, talk about gameplay, stuff like that. So and it, I watched that. Night City. It's called Night City Wire. Wire. Okay. So it's uh, like a news sort of, uh, not news, but well, like, not, that, I like, mean, a, like a magazine format? God, not really. It's basically, the, the, there's a lady there yeah. who says some stuff, shows you a video, and then one of the dudes from CD Projekt Red, the company, yeah. sits there and explains what you just saw oh, okay. and, and further tells you about, you know, what's going on. A little, you know, you, you get a little bit of lore of the game. You okay. get... Uh, 
I'm mainly watching it for the, the gameplay videos so I sure. can see what the fuck's going on. <laughs> so before, you know, one day you might be able to get the exactly. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's uh, it come uh, out? Soon, uh, right? Uh, November 19th. Yeah, soon. Two days after Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ah. Which means I won't, even though I'll own Cyberpunk 27 and it'll be sitting there, I, I, I won't be able to play it until you, I, you can I just, beat the other one. You could buy them in the opposite order. The other one comes out first. It's <laughs> not how this works, Chris. <laughs> exactly. It comes out. I get it that day. I start playing. I don't play another game until that's done. So, unfortunately, Valhalla comes first. Okay. I understand. So, yeah. And I watched that, too. And that was it. That was everything. All right. Good stuff. Nice varied mix of stuff there. All very, very good. Um, oh, and... Uh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. My, uh, there, there, there was a bug. So, Civilization Six. I've been playing that. Last time, the last with the last update, mm-hmm. there was a bug, and basically shut down the game uh, okay. for Nintendo Switch users. Like, okay, you can't. There's just things you can't do. Uh, so I, I couldn't like I downloaded all this stuff, new content, and couldn't play it. And then I think two days ago, the the publisher created a fix. It. it not through like a download, but like you, they, they, they told you how you could. They're, like, they're like, here, here's yeah, a patch. Exactly. <laughs> here, fix this, and you can play the game. And so I did, and so I've been playing that. So that was fun. Okay. I'm actually got to play content that I paid for like a month ago. Oh man, that's that's annoying. Imagine paying for a movie full, full on, and then, not and then you can't watch it for a month. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I feel you on that one, dude. All right. Well. Um, we're going to take a break here where we're actually going to tune in to Billy Dee's Death of the Movies. He has continued coverage of Fantasia Fest 2020. Uh, That's been going on for a while now. It seems like, yeah, it seems like it's a longer fest. That's pretty good. Maybe it's, it's like the Florida Film Fest starts in the uh, kind of a late middle of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Film Fest talk in this episode, guys. So here's uh, Billy D coming in from New York City with his dispatch. And then we will be back with the second half of the show. A whole bunch of uh, movie and TV stories. News stories. News stories, not just stories. I ain't going to sit here and just tell you a story. All right, maybe I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Please don't. Bedtime story, no? All right. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? I am deep into my Fantasia Fest coverage and loving every minute of it. I'm so inspired by the level of filmmaking I'm seeing. I just fucking love movies. So let's talk about it. Fantasia Fest kicks off 12 glorious days of movies on August 20th. Unfortunately, many of the screenings are geo-blocked to Canada, but the new Lloyd Kaufman movie, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, will be available to U.S. audiences. That screening is at 9.30pm on Saturday, August 29th. However, all the special events are free and available to international audiences. I will be at the John Carpenter Lifetime Achievement presentation and Masterclass on August 22nd at 4pm for sure. My dudes, there are some super titles premiering at Fantasia. Neil Marshall's new plague film, The Reckoning, kicks off the festival. 12-Hour Shift, a dark comedy about organ harvesting, and a comedy about elderly Satanists called Anything for Jackson. The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw looks like a nice slow burn trip into ritual magic and religion, and so many other films. There are almost too many more titles to name. But fear not, I've seen some of the films. And the ones I've seen are all pretty great. And this first title you can catch now on Shudder in the United States. Yummy is a zombie shocker directed by Lars Damasso, 
that takes place in a plastic surgery clinic in a remote part of Europe. A couple are dropping the girlfriend's mother off to get some lipo and a brow lift. While there, the girlfriend decides she wants a breast reduction and gets prepped for surgery. The rest of this plays out in some seriously gruesome ways with a lot of inventive zombie grossness. I had so much fun watching this sticky sleazy romp. You should check it out now on Shudder. Crazy Samurai Musashi is directed by Yuji Shimomura and stars legendary Japanese stuntman and martial artist Tak. Have you ever wanted to see a single shot, 77 minute long, one versus 400 sword fight? Because that's what this film is. Tak is amazing. This film is a technical marvel despite it becoming a little repetitive over time. That's what Crazy Samurai Musashi is. It's not for everyone, but it's something very special. I got swept up in it because Tak is truly a great performer. I was exhausted watching him eight minutes in, but he just keeps going. At one point, near collapse, wondering aloud how many more men he has to kill. Fried Berry is one of my current favorite films from Fantasia. Imagine, if you will, Under the Skin meets Gummo in South Africa. That's Fried Berry. Fried Berry is Ryan Kruger's feature about Berry a junkie, alcoholic, and all-around bastard who gets abducted, probed, and has his body hijacked by an alien. Alien then takes Barry on a spin through a drug and sex-fueled odyssey through Cape Town. This is a colorful, weird, and graphic film. Fans of the ultra-weird, take note. And now I'm gonna do a mini docurama, because what film festival experience is complete without seeing a bunch of documentaries you might otherwise never have the opportunity to see? And I am super glad I watched these. Clapboard Jungle is required viewing for indie film fans and aspiring indie filmmakers. Justin McConnell made an unflinching documentary about what it takes to get a film made and the journey a film can take from development to the finished product. This is a fantastic watch that I think should be shown in entry-level film courses. When I was in film school, one of the producers of The Blair Witch Project came to my class and gave a talk he liked to call The Soul Crusher, where he outlined exactly how much money the primary creatives behind The Blair Witch Project walked away with and then how much the typical independent filmmaker walks away with, and then showed us the door and said, if you want to be rich, there's no shame in walking away now. If this doesn't scare you, you're in the right place. Clapboard Jungle is kind of like that talk. If Justin's story doesn't fill you with existential dread and paralyzing panic, you're in the right place. Hail to the Deadites is a love letter to all things Evil Dead. Special connection to the Crespo fam here, the audio mix, which was great, was done by one of my oldest friends and friend of the show, Rob Ryder of Akahan Audio. Hit him up for all your audio post and composing needs. He's a dynamo. This is a film for fans of the Evil Dead. Nothing more than that. Your mileage may vary depending on how much you love Sam Raimi's films. I love seeing interviews with everyone involved, especially the cast members who aren't Bruce Campbell. But it was nice seeing humble Bruce. Bruce is such a genre megastar now that it's easy to forget that there are so many other people who worked on these films, and they all get their chance to tell their stories. This is for Evil Dead mega fans and completionists. Morgana. This is a film I really want some people to talk about with. Josie Hess and Isabel Papard have made a tremendous documentary about Morgana Muses, an award-winning Australian adult film star who got her start in the industry in her late 40s. After nearly 20 years in a loveless marriage, Morgana sank into a deep depression and decided to hire an escort for one last hurrah in the city before killing herself. This experience awakened something in her that gave her the desire to live, free from the neglectful husband and system of duties that bound her to her unhappy life. She started making films about herself and finding her sexuality again through making these films. This is a tremendous film full of great personalities and stories that was very touching and filled with heart and love. 
a must watch for those unafraid of some sexuality and nudity. That's my first Fantasia Fest dispatch. Get ready for a few more in the coming weeks. And, uh, you know, I cannot say this enough. I just fucking love movies. Stay cool. Billy D. Thank you, Billy D. We appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter at I Love Blood. Uh, Instagram, Billy D. Snaps. Also, I Love Blood. Uh, Drusa Cogburn on Twitter is at like 60 followers, I think. Doing pretty good. I mean, doing pretty good. It's, it's not, not me, Chris. It's not Drew. <laughs> That's fine. It's not me. Not Drew, but uh, someone's doing it and it's doing, it, doing it good. Doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Well. I represent Queens. She was raised out in Brooklyn. You know that awful L Cool J song from the nineties. Awful! How dare you? That's everyone agreeing with Chris <laughs> Apparently, guys, uh, cinema so at gmail is our email address. You can use it to request. I haven't said that in a while. You can request stickers if you want. We still have a bunch of stickers, and I have other like rando stickers from PFT shows. I could send you if you want a nice little pack of shit. Um, I mean, it, it might take a while to get there with the. Post office these days. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's going to impede democracy or anything. <laughs> democracy have a people's prescriptions, and my brother's got to get his medicine. The uh, we got the uh, uh, Patreon. I already said that before, as I teased. Um, he Man came out a couple weeks ago. Last week was our top five. Uh, Music movies oh, episode is one we just put out. Yeah, that was, we recorded that months ago, so we can barely remember what we spoke about. I will say this uh, at the at the end of that episode, I was like, "No one mentioned Scott Pilgrim." That's my movie. I love Scott Pilgrim. S- since we recorded that, like ten year anniversary articles about Scott Pilgrim, about all of a sudden it's been a Scott Pilgrim like renaissance, renaissance. Uh, in a way. Uh, so we were ahead of the curve, yeah. but then because of the delay in releasing, we got behind the curve. Yeah, a little bit behind the curve, but it's fine. That's fine. That's what happens. Um, we didn't get any emails this week. That's fine. We have a Facebook group. You can join Cinema Crespi. So we have a, a comment question thread there. No one used it. That's fine. Uh, we have plenty to talk about anyway. For example, did you know, Drew? Maybe. Okay. Well, then I'll skip to the next story. How about this story? So Rob Pattinson. Okay. Uh, when he was uh, doing Tenet, mm-hmm. working on Tenet with Christopher Nolan. Chris Nolan, he of the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, he has this little story about trying to hide his Batman audition <laughs> from Chris Nolan. Notice he used the word trying. Yeah. <laughs> Failed. Okay, so here's Pattinson. It's funny because Chris is so secretive about everything to do with his movies. And then I had to be really secretive <laughs> about Batman stuff. So I had to lie to Chris about having to go for a screen test. I said I had a family emergency. And as soon as I said, it's a family emergency, he said, you're doing the Batman audition. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> he knows everything! He knows everything. He's tapped in. He's like, my handsome young leading man is going to audition for the number one I'll role in Hollywood. He, uh, somebody, 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 somebody. Somehow, he found out. He got, he got, he got the list. Yeah. He, He's like, hey, man, the, the dude in your movie is going to be Batman. Fucking seriously. I, I wonder if like the people who auditioned the first time around re-auditioned. Like, did Jake Gyllenhaal give it another shot? Who knows? <laughs> you know, maybe. Joe Manginello. He's like, I want to give it be a Batman. It's funny when you look at the list of people auditioned for Nolan's Batman. Mm-hmm. It's like they've all... It's Killian Murphy. <laughs> it's like, you, you want to be Batman? He want to be Batman? Everyone wants to be Batman. Yeah. That's all right. Killian Murphy became a uh, scarecrow instead. Yeah. He, was, he did so good that Nolan was like, I'm going to still find a role for you. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, man, the fucking... Uh, 
the judge scene where he's up on that fucking in the, in the, in the third one has such a good yeah, scene. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like death or exile. We'll choose exile. Okay, well then uh, no, we choose death. So then death uh, by exile. Yeah, the same thing. We're doing the same thing, guys. You 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 can't get around the system here. Um, a key Black Panther collaborator likely will not be able to come back for the sequel to Chicago. Okay. Uh. Making history, Hollywood history with Black Panther mm-hmm. was uh, director of photography Rachel Morrison. Okay, so what, what's she doing instead? She. Oh, here we go. She's she, working on her movie. But she's obviously doing something more important than Black Panther 2. Not, not necessarily more important. Well, more important to her. She <laughs> is directing a movie called Flint and Strong, and it was scheduled to start at a certain time. The pandemic shit. Has pushed all production start dates, right? Back. Uh, at least current productions got pushed back. So now it's looking like she's going to have to start shooting January of 2021 is what they're looking at. Which then runs into the pre-planned production schedule for Black Panther 2. Wah, wah. Yes. So oh, well. She goes, I was supposed to deliver my movie. And then a few months later, hop onto Black Panther 2. Now there is overlapping. Ryan and I talk regularly. This is a crazy part of her story. Ryan and I talk regularly. He called me up because he had a dream that he was three weeks into production and this male DP comes out holding a camera and he's like, that's not my DP. Where the fuck is Rachel? Well, you had a premonition. Yeah, yeah, that's not a dream. That's a premonition. (laughs) If we had gone back in September, I think we could make it. But now it's a bit of a moment of truth for everyone to realize that it's definitely going to be in January and I won't be able to do Panther, which is devastating. So, yeah, it's a bummer. But she's super talented. She'll be fine. Rachel Morrison's going to be fine. And so Black Panther. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I have a feeling what's going to happen is someone's going to get hired to start Black Panther and then is going to get fired real quick when oh, she's maybe available. Maybe it would be a, a, replacement, <laughs> a replacement DP. But how do you fire, like, Matthew Liberty? <laughs> uh, you walk up to him and you say, hey, dude, you're fired. I'd be like... <laughs> and then if I was him, I look at I look at my CV and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know who I am. I'm the best. Um, we don't talk about Maddie Libatique enough. It's, it's crazy. I watch. I, I'll be watching a movie. I'm like, man, this movie looks good. <laughs> and then I look at the credits later. I'm like, son of a bitch, <laughs> Libatique. Yeah. Um, did he? I don't think he does every Aronofsky movie. I think they. I think they sort of not necessarily parted ways, but he just got so popular yeah. that his dance card just got busy. And Aronofsky's so sporadic with his movie releases that he can't really be trusted to. Um. It looks like it's happening, Drew Chicago, and I can't believe it. But hey, when you have the property, you wait long enough. You, there's enough interest. Just because it doesn't make enough money doesn't mean you can't make it happen again. Tron three. Ugh. Yes, true. That's the reaction. Pourquoi? <laughs> because Disney owns it. It's a thing. <laughs> if, you know. Okay. So they're going to throw money at it. See what happens. Recognition. Yes. <clears throat> uh, director of the second movie, Joe Kaczynski, will not be back. They tapped a fella named Garth Davis. Who uh, he's only made smaller films. His last movie was actually nominated for Best Picture, uh, Lion. That's the one with uh, Dev Patel. He's like long hair, oh, yeah. and uh, the DP of that one, Greg Frazier. Actually, Greg Frazier won Best DP that year for Lion, which is crazy because no one saw that movie. Um, and when Deacons couldn't join uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve for Dune, he got Greg Frazier. So there we go. So it's going to look incredible. It's going to look incredible. Um, I love 
cinematography. It's so pretty. The uh, also they got a lead who's also going to be producing, and that will be Jared Leto. Okay. Who may have accidentally let out the title of the movie and, oh. and then now delete the tweet. Good for you. He said, "Excited to work on Tron: Colon Aries," and then he deleted that mm. and replaced it with "Excited to work on Tron." Okay. Tron sequel. Um, Tron Colon Aries, I'm hoping, is just a working title. Of course. I mean, it's bad. But if you do a working title, you don't even, you don't even call it Tron. You throw in something else. You just call it Aries then. Um, nope, it's need, Tron the God of War. They need the better title. Yeah, right? Come on. What's going on here? Stupid. <laughs> it'll be bad. I'll be there opening day. If it's in a theater. I mean, I mean who knows? maybe it'll be D, D plus. Or in our, D plus. In our dystopian future, in our third term of, uh, well, technically, I guess it'll be Pence's first term because Trump will be dead by then. Yeah. yeah, there's no way the stress and his general, oh, uh, just his general living. Health. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, can, you can hear it in his voice. Seriously, I'm I'm waiting for the day that like he eats his McDonald's cheeseburger for lunch and his heart just pops. How's it not? How's it not popped yet? Because we just had his second fish fillet sandwich of the day. Oh well, no, exactly. And with all the fucking amphetamines he's on, that thing is fucking. Popping like crazy already. Yeah, and it's not like we're just saying he's a speed user. That's no. he's he's got ADHD. It's prescribed to him. Mm-hmm. But he's been popping for so long. Yeah, that's why when he does, he's like yeah, so yeah. sucking his teeth. Yeah, he that, that's the amphetamines. Yeah, that's why people were thinking it was coke for a long time. We're assuming he's a coke user. Right? Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. It's a different upper. It's amphetamines, but it's okay. His doctor gave it to him. Just like Rush Limbaugh. The doctor gave him his, uh, what was he on, back pills? I was about to say. I can't, I can't recall. Which opiate's stronger than heroin would you like today? You got any of those Roxies? <laughs> those, got any of those pukers? That's, those, that's those what you should big, call them. Those real those big pukers. real big pukers. <laughs> so big, you're out for fucking days. <sighs> Body of Christ. The, that's what I say every time I take. Body of Christ. Body of Christ. <laughs> Roxy. <laughs> I guess the transubstantiation didn't take that time. No, it's it? <laughs> transubstantiate myself into a comatose mess on the couch. Did he pee on himself again? <laughs> it feels so warm. Um, drug use is a serious issue, guys. If you need help, <laughs> call one eight hundred. One eight hundred got drugs. I got the number. <laughs> Yeah, when the suicide doc ends with the suicide hotline, I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Put that out there for people. It's bad out there in the world. It is. Um, have you ever, did you ever see the movie Searching? I, I, I mentioned every now and then the John Cho, uh, like no. the, the screen no. movie. You keep telling me. It's a good one. Yeah. Of all that genre of film, I think it's probably the best one. The director is, uh, I don't know if it's a man or a lady, hard to tell. Anish Chaganti. You can't tell by the name. Anish, I personally, I just don't know the no. male, female uh, uh, names, uh, Indian names, not, mm-hmm. or Pakistan. It could be Pakistani. I don't know. Who See, I'm, I'm falling into so many pitfalls here. Yep. <laughs> it's a tough world to navigate when you're a, a dumb Westerner like me. So they got a movie coming out called Run. It's a thriller starring Sarah Paulson. It was supposed to come out in theaters back in May. It was going to be one of these things where it's like a small horror film that comes out between big releases mm-hmm. sort of a, the counter programming yeah. um, but then COVID so it got sold to Hulu remember I mentioned okay. that yeah. recently that a lot of big studios are now looking sell to sell to, to the streamers they're actively going to be selling because uh, they're looking to a 2021 movie schedule that's packed so 
But now we're looking at, I'm trying to look at the schedule of what, it's obviously impossible to really do this fully, but between now and next April, April is when the next Fast and Furious movie is scheduled to come out. Um, only movies that are on the docket that I want to see are Tenet and Dune. Hmm. That's it. There's mm-hmm. nothing else scheduled for theaters. Like, oh yeah, like Unhinged, this Russell Crowe movie. So are you going to re-up your Regal then? No, because what am I paying for if there's no mm-hmm. no theaters to go to? I'm going to obviously hold on to it now because when it kicks in next week, it's free for a month. Yeah. So we can use that for Tenet. Yep. Uh, try to get that early screen as possible. Yeah, and then cancel. And then we're just going to have to cancel it. Mm-hmm. And then... Ooh, we can, we can see New Mutants as well. The, they're releasing that. Let's let's get some reviews first. <laughs> but it's it's the Regal app. It's free, Chris. Yeah. It's free. Yeah, but now I'm also considering like COVID exposure. <laughs> now there's a risk risk to reward ratio that I'm confident Tenant and Dune will has a better chance of fulfilling than the New Mutants. That, that's all. That's all. Um. So Run will be on Hulu eventually. Lionsgate sold it off. Uh. Did you ever see this Bel Air trailer? A fan trailer, so to speak, no. that came out a couple years ago. It has something to do with the Fresh Prince of. Yes, one hundred percent. Someone made a trailer where, like, what if the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a drama? Mm-hmm. It was like a modern day hour long drama. So it's like they shot a three minute trailer that condenses all the big plot points for you, and it's they took it like seriously. They shot it in a way that's mm-hmm. like this is what it would look like, and it looked really damn good. Um, even the actors all kill it the way, and it, they take familiar stuff. Uh, but well, then, I'm sure. To, I'm sure if you take the laugh track out, a lot of this stuff isn't as comedic as you would think. Yes, <laughs> so uh, it got some traction online. People liked it. Will Smith saw it. he liked it. Bada bing, bada boom. Flash forward to the Bel Air show. It's now going to be a real thing. They're producing it. Hour long drama. Uh, based essentially the same thing what this trailer is doing, and they're taking like actual, not actual, but like. Uh, past episode storylines and they're going to repurpose them as a drama and it's based on this trailer it's going to work interesting it's going to work okay I'll watch it uh, I will watch a reinterpretation <laughs> of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah and, and then in the trailer when he meets uh, Jazz when he meets Jazz I was like oh <laughs> like this is awesome it's really funny uh, so I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a good one uh, I don't think they have a home yet though they just announced oh yeah we're producing it and then they'll find a uh, They'll land a production deal somewhere. Um, speaking of production deals, Martin Scorsese now has a first look deal for both movies and TV shows at Apple TV. So, uh, so that's a bummer. We have to find a way to watch these things not through Apple because, come on, I'm sick of all these services. Fuck you, Tim Cook. Isn't it ridiculous, right? Uh, the we're gonna, you know what we need? We need some sort of service that can wrap all of these different streamers up. And let's just say like a metaphorical like a cable. If we can cable these things together, Wait, so you, and then so I can want... just subscribe to one service that has all these things that has like channels on one thing, that'd be cool. So, so you're saying you want cable television? Man, cable is nice. <laughs> Those were nice days when maybe, it was all just there for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is the reason why cable existed in the first place, Chris. Uh, you ever thought of that? Partially, partially it was a consolidation of resources. Um, but then he had to. You're paying. Carrier fees. You're you're paying for stations you didn't want. I want all. I want all these things. Anyway. So pay for it all, Chris. That's a Roku. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want a Roku. Actually, is what I want. Okay. Who's trying to call me in the middle of a show? Somebody. Let's find out. What's going on here? 
My name is Terrence Gray, and I'm humbly honored to have the opportunity to encourage you to do something that will make a positive difference. Oh my God! Get to it, Terrence. That is. It's a political ad. Many people have taken the time to walk the street. Okay, so it's a political ad. Why isn't this year so bad with the text, the constant text? And have you been getting texts? I after I I I blocked decla- them all. I declared three of them as spam, and after that, I stopped getting any of them. Man, I don't know if I can do a spam thing. I'm sure I've I've been blocking them like crazy. I'm getting these phone calls. It's annoying, man. Yeah. Well, I, I don't pick up numbers that I don't recognize. Well, that was just a so. voicemail. Yeah, I don't pick up no shit. I, I don't even pick up numbers I do recognize. Are you kidding me? I'm like, oh my God, what, what does this guy want? <laughs> voicemail. I'll check later. Uh, Smart Score says he's got a deal going on. We got uh, Three Men and a Baby remake in the works for Disney Plus, I believe, with Zach Efron not in the role of the baby. Okay. But he will be maybe in the Tom Selleck role. Uh, it would be cool if it was Zach Efron. Grow, is he going to grow a mustache? He better. He better grow a mustache, and then he better be him, uh, Ted Danson, and Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, man. With Tom Selleck as the baby. See, now that's a movie <laughs> I'd see. Uh, no, I still wouldn't see it. Yeah. You ever see the... Well, first off, were you ever a fan of Gary Shandling? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, that, what was that show? Uh what was that HBO show we had? It was like the fake Tonight Show. Yeah, the something something show with Gary Shandling, the yeah. Larry Sanders show. Yeah, yes, the Larry Sanders yep. show with Gary Shandling. Um, I was too young when that show was on. I just too well, young see, to understand it. I think that's what it was for me too. Like I, I would see it, and I think I, I remember watching it, but I don't think I ever understood it. Yeah, I don't think I got it. I was, yeah, it was out of our frame of reference. Yeah. At that point, I was still doing. Uh, I was like. Oh, Saturday morning cartoons. Or Disney afternoon. I still do Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, that's true. That's why I switched up to Disney afternoon. <laughs> it's a little, a little more childish. Some goof troop, maybe some uh, DuckTales. There we go. Woohoo! Darkwing Duck. So, Judd Apatow did a Gary Shaling documentary okay. on HBO recently. That uh, It's on HBO. That got really good reviews. People really like it. So now, he's got another HBO comedy documentary. Oh, the original is called The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. Now, he's going to do one on George Carlin. Ooh, I'm I'm in. Yeah. So, uh, Judd Apatow now becoming a bit of a uh, comedy documentarian. I mean... Comedy historian. In I would rather watch his comedy documentaries than his actual movies these days. Maybe at this point, yeah. Yeah, King of Staten Island. Oh, you know what King of Staten Island... Uh, uh, watching Shaft reminded me of the King of Staten Island and that they are two movies that are shockingly, um, like, just gaudy-looking. Not even in, like, whoa, look at this audacious lighting, but in that it, they're just... They're both shot digital with... Uh, it feels like a lack of... Like, let's make this thing look cinematic. They both feel like watching TV shows. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate how they look. And then I was... Shocked, Drew, to tell you when uh, I looked up the King of Staten Island because I was like, well, Judd Apatow, he made funny people with um, with Chivo Lubezki, fucking three-time DP winner. Uh, like, he started making comedies that, like, look like movies. Mm-hmm. Funny people, this is yeah. 40, he gets actual. So why does King of Staten Island look like, look like shit? Look at the cinematographer, and it's Roger Ellswit who shot There Will Be Blood. Like, this guy is a beast. Of a of a of a photographer. Maybe they just didn't use it. I don't understand. I don't understand why these. I hate bad looking digital movies. I hate when I'm watching a movie and it looks like TV. Quentin Tarantino says now going to the theater is just watching TV in public. Sometimes because of, of the quality of you know. shit that's out there. So that's why I'm saying I miss real movies. 
That's why I need Tenet. I need it. Speaking of not real movies, um, Bloomhouse is about to dump a whole bunch of horror films on Hulu. Fun. Uh, they're calling them... No, excuse me. Excuse me. Amazon. Oh, okay. Amazon. Um, they'll be releasing eight movies. Four of them will be October. Another four will be in 2021. <clears throat> it's under the title, Welcome to the Bloom House. Okay. So this is where they, they finally did it. They finally just took everything and like, no, this is just a Bloom House movie. Mm-hmm. This is... Fu- fuck you. We don't care. It's a Bloom House movie. <laughs> they managed... They finally did it. They managed to brand themselves yeah. into a, a type of movie you can expect. They finally did it. We have um, The Lie, starring Joey King and Peter Sarsgaard. Two parents attempting to cover up the murder committed by their daughter. Ooh, fun. Black Box will tell the story of a single father under undergoing an experimental treatment to deal with memory loss. They'll leave him questioning reality. Uh, Evil Eye. Uh, oh, this is actually an adaptation of an Audible production. Okay. Mother who believes her new daughter's her daughter's new boyfriend has a connection to her own past, and then something called Nocturne. Twin sisters competing in art school when one begins to outshine the other after discovering a mysterious notebook. Ooh, it's haunted. Haunted book. Uh, I was thinking more like what's that one? Death Note. He writes. Yeah. He, he writes in the book, and someone dies. That's that's fun. I couldn't find that that concept had a has had a shelf life. Like they oh, made yeah. a bunch of different versions, yeah. TV shows, and all that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Bloomhouse is now a thing where it's like, hey, you don't like it? Fuck it. It's a Bloomhouse. Yeah. What are you expecting? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay. With Good that. for them. I'm okay with it. Uh, Tignataro. Is the 2020 Christopher Plummer. How so? So we have... Uh, oh, let's backtrack a bit to underage girls. We have uh, Chris D'Elia. Comedian. It, uh, of sorts. It, in some people's opinion. People like him. Uh, the uh, Hans had these allegations against him. Uh, accused of sexually harassing underage girls on social media. The allegations were back in June. He's obviously denied them. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's had his unscripted prank show pulled by Netflix. It's fired by his uh, CAA, his agency. And he had already shot his scenes for, I guess it's already, the whole thing's been shot, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Ah, so he was an up-and-comer. Probably this was going to be one of his big breaks. He had a nice and little he run himself here. Yeah. Yep. He, he, he's been pomping in comedy for a bit. He's definitely his star has been rising after a few uh, specials have gotten more popular. So uh, he has been replaced by Tig Nataro, okay. comedian, stand-up comic, actor, actress. She's been in Star Trek Discovery most recently. And they are going to do some reshoots where they're going to insert her and get him out of there. So uh, he just got himself Christopher Plummer. The rest of the cast round out with Dave Bautista. Uh, and a bunch of names I don't know. Oh, Garrett Dillahunt. That's very cool. And uh, again, names I don't know. So there you go. Look for some Tignataro in your Zack Snyder uh, Army uh, Army of the Dead movie. Fun. It says here... Reshoots will entail actual filming as well as Nataro acting opposite a partner on green screen with CG mixed in, so they're going to do both. And the movie itself will follow the aftermath of a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. A group of mercs who venture into the quarantine zone... To pull off a heist. Fun. So it's a zombie heist movie. Yep. I feel like we've been reporting on this movie for a while. Yeah. I guess because well. of the pandemic. Because now he yeah, has stretched everything out. God damn it, COVID. Speaking of first deals, first look deals, DiCaprio's got himself one. Okay. It's not with a streamer. It's with the actual studio. Uh, Apian Way. Is that 
look familiar to, sound familiar to, as a production familiar. logo, yeah. Apian Way, that's him. Okay. That's his company. Uh, so then obviously you'll see Apian Way in front of like a number of Scorsese yeah. movies, mm-hmm. The Revenant, stuff like that. Um, they signed a deal with Sony. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they'll have a first look deal at Sony for, for uh, both movies and TV. Just films. They got a film deal over there. Uh, meanwhile, they made a TV deal with Apple. So they're actually splitting up their okay. their eggs, putting yeah. them in different baskets. Uh, is DiCaprio one of the what track track record rise track record wise Irish wristwatch? Is he one of our best actors that we have of like the last twenty years, twenty five years? I mean, yeah, definitely. Right, and, I mean, and he started off with a fucking banger too. How did how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? He just starts out strong yeah. and he has way more hits than misses. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, even yeah, his yeah. misses are interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are even debatable. Some people like Blood Diamond. I don't, I'm not too big on it. It is what it is. It is what it is. His accent was a little iffy. Uh, and then some of them are just never even got that popular. Like, what was that? Revolutionary Road was one that Dromi did. I think that's one of the few I never saw. It's one that a lot of people haven't seen, yeah. which is which surprised a lot of people because it was his on-screen reunion with, with Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet yeah. Um, but, hey, just because people like Titanic doesn't mean they necessarily want to see the two of them together yeah. again. Although they do have great chemistry together um yeah i mean he's damn good it's annoying goddamn white man being so good at everything uh i do remember though now keeping the back of my mind every time i think of dicaprio reading this profile on george clooney and it was about how he had a pickup basketball game uh him and a bunch of other older guys around his age and for like at least one game they hooked up with dicaprio and his boys and dicaprio and his crew took the game way too seriously. Made me think of uh, uh, what was it? No, that's actually real life. He took it way too seriously, and then but they still smoked him. They beat him all, uh, which then makes me think of another story about how the dude who played Turtle, Jerry Ferrara, he showed up like another uh, like community game uh, and just ruined it for everyone. Like he's calling fouls and shit. He seems like the kind of guy that would take too seriously. Yeah, the DiCaprio like took it way too seriously, and then they Clooney smoked him. Clooney's an old man. See him doing uh, granny free throws. The, under, the underarm one. Hey, man, as long as it goes in, that's all that matters. You know what? Who was it? Anthony Mason for the Knicks would shoot his free throws that way. Just, as long as it goes in, dude. They, they were going in. Doesn't matter how it gets there, as long as it goes in. <laughs> they, were, they were going in. Speaking of Sony, here's a testament to people wanting to go to the movies. Right? Wanting to do something. Sony took their studio, their actual lot mm-hmm. in Los Angeles... And they are going to convert it into a drive-in theater. Okay. And they announced 12 weekends worth of screenings. Multiple screenings each weekend showing the same movie. Sold out. Within 24 hours. Yeah. Within 24 hours. Yeah. The entire run's been sold out. People, I mean, people need something. If you can find out a profitable way to give entertainment and social distance, mm. you could make so many millions of dollars for the next you, year. You can do it, yeah. The money is there if you can figure it out. Uh, 75 cars per screening, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday admissions, $30 per car. Yep. Um, obviously, movies they're showing will be Sony, Sony pictures, yeah. So here's the list real quick for that helps no one because we can't go see these. Although, you could also watch any of these at home. Um, Baby Driver. Actually, Drew, as I go through this, tell me yes or no. Would you pay the $30 to 
you know, all things being even, say mm-hmm. it's easy to get the Sony and you have a nice car. Would you would you do this for this movie? Baby Driver. No. Bad Boys for Life. No. Bloodshot. No. <laughs> Obviously not. Don't Breathe. That's Old Blind Man with a Gun. I know. Okay. Um, uh, may- maybe. Because that's a fun one. Maybe. Although, like, that movie is definitely like an Aloma Cinema Grill type movie. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you yeah, know? Give me a picture of beer. Yeah. Sticky, no. sticky seats and floors. No stadium seating. Yes. Yes. Got to sit so close maybe. to the screen. So maybe. Um, it's a maybe. Ghostbusters, the 84 OG one. Ooh, perhaps it depends on how long it's been since I've seen the movie. Okay, Grown Ups, new <laughs> Jumanji: The Next Level, so the most recent one. New. I might go see, re-see the last one because I didn't see that one in theaters. Welcome to the Jungle, the first one. Yeah, I would see the first one. Yeah, that one of the, of, one. of the most recent yeah. ones. The second one was fine. First one was better. First one was better. Um, OG Karate Kid. Ooh, once again, perhaps I might I might see that one because I've never seen it in the theater. Um, and in black, new. Seen it too many times. Yeah, I've seen that one a lot too. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, that's a, once again, that's, that's another maybe. Because it's like, you're on a that's studio lot. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. Like the aesthetic of that works. That's pretty cool. Last two weekends, Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. New, new. No, in new. Um, rumor title for the next Spider-Man is Spider-Man Homesick. What do you think of that? Whatever. <laughs> it's going with the home vibe. Obviously, they're going to have to do something home, you know. Um, so there you go. People want to go see movies still. I don't know if they're going to want to see this one, though. This will probably be direct video. Do you remember 47 Ronin? Yes. Yes, one of the biggest flops of the year came out. Which is, uh, that was the uh, Keanu Reeves Samurai, right? Keanu Reeves Samurai. Movie. Yeah, that's... Man, once again, see that for me, that movie and Constantine are very similar in that not very many people like them, and I seem to like them way more than everybody else. It definitely has things that are likable about it for sure. I need to, I've only seen it the one time. Uh, you may be interested in this, Drusa Cogburn. Uh, even though the movie didn't make much money, how about a sequel? Okay. A sequel set 300 years in the future. Okay. Uh, so it'll be 47 Ronin, uh, but like a, with a cyberpunk element. Yes. It. So all the same stuff. Yes. But then mm-hmm. that as well. Sure. Uh, I'll check it out, but I need to point this out. This is fascinating. It'll be produced by Universal 1440 Entertainment, Universal 1440 Entertainment. Uh, we actually might have mentioned them briefly in our long time ago Crespity So Universal Studios history episode where they start out as in the 80s MCA Television which was um, Universal's home video division Mm -hmm. so that's why this makes sense when they started as the home video division then you look at the movies that they produced as Universal 1440 and you're like a 47 Ronin sequel that's weird oh you think that's weird listen to this list you know that Doom movie that just came out this year? Doom Annihilation? Yeah. That's them. Ugh. Um, Inside Man, colon, Most Wanted. Oh! They did a sequel Inside Man. They did How High 2. Oh! They did Backdraft 2. What? These are, okay. These are movies. I'm, I'm starting to see a trend here. Death Race 4, colon, Beyond Anarchy. <laughs> Remember Jarhead? Mm-hmm. How about Jarhead, colon, Law Return? <laughs> If any movie was what? yelling for a, a sequel, it was a Jarhead movie. Um, remember Bulletproof? Vaguely. Bulletproof 2! 
Um, Kindergarten Cop 2. That's the, the ah. that, that one actually got a little bit of traction online because it starred Dolph Lundgren. So I was like, well, that's weird. Um, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Wow, that's, so what is that, like Tremors 12? I, I think that's Tremors 6. Okay. Uh, came out in 2018. Uh, the Scorpion King, colon, Book of Souls. Oh. <laughs> How about a little bit of Granddaddy Daycare? Ah. So I think that'd be the third one in that series? Are, no, okay. So maybe I don't want to see this movie. Benchwarmers 2, Hard Target 2, The Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption. Okay, so <laughs> so Keanu Reeves is not going to be in this movie. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I love these titles. Bring it on, colon, worldwide, hashtag, cheer smack. Yeah, no. No, I'm not watching this piece of shit movie. Uh, oh, they made a Jarhead 3. <laughs> Undercover Brother 2. Tremors 5, Bloodlines, this is unbelievable. Yeah, no. Scorpion King 4. No, th- so th- this company makes bad sequels to movies that Dur- don't even deserve sequels. Yes, direct-to-video sequels that they can make on the cheap for movies that people even forgot about, like Bigger, Fatter, Liar. That's that Frankie Muniz, Paul Giamatti movie from, mm-hmm. like, 2000. Mm-hmm. Big Fat Liar. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then they do, like, Man with the Iron Fist 2. Yeah, sure, give us a little bit of money to make a sequel. But then you see, like, oh, you ain't give them enough money. <laughs> Yeah, like, why would they do a sequel to Cop and a Half? That's unbelievable. But they did it, and we got it. Yeah, no. And it helps them fund all their Curious George movies, it looks like, too, as well. And a lot of Woody Woodpecker stuff. This is strange. Strange people over there at Universal making obviously weird decisions, which includes a 47 Ronin sequel set three years in the cyberpunk future. No, thank you. Finally, back to people wanting to go to the theater, Drew. Uh, China. 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 As they say. I'm, I'm as trying to do it in, st- in Street Fighter talk. China! Oh, that's good. Brazil! Exactly. <laughs> you see? Yeah, I got you. Japan! I, I was doing Trump's China. Because oh, that's how he yeah, says no. it. China! Trump says... It's a China virus, I know. It's a China virus. But he says that like, uh, like he's talking about the vagina that he's scared of. You mean the vagina? The China. Um, they re-released... They opened 8,000 theaters in China. Okay. And then they increased... Capacity from 30 to 50%. Okay. And they released Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the very first one, and in a 4K 3D restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this weekend, it's making about $15 million, hey. which is more money than Harry Potter made the first time around when it played there 20 years ago, yeah. which shows you how the market has exploded since then. That yeah. it's almost 20 year old movie is having a $15 million opening weekend. Uh, next week, project to make another $15 million based on advanced ticket sales, which would then actually push Harry Potter to a billion dollars worldwide, making it only the second of the Harry Potter series to break that mark. Well, I have a feeling if China gets a taste for the first one, they're going to want more Potter. So they'll keep re-releasing them, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes there. Um, also, advanced ticket screening, uh, advanced ticket sales for this movie, uh, like a, for them, a local film called The 800, I think. Yes, the 800. That's also selling very well. Bad Boys for Life just made $3 million in China. Uh, so, theaters opening up over there. They're getting ready for Tenant. They're going to re-release uh, Inception next week. They've been trying to do that for a while. Have an Inception re-release right before Tenant. So, they're going through with that. So, you can just fuck your mind as many ways as you think you can. How many <laughs> ways can you think about time and space and different different diameters? So, uh, yeah, theaters, theaters are reopening around the world. Supply is slow to get there, but it's happening, man. Yo, as long as I get my tenant fixed, everything will be fine. We got to get that tenant fixed. Uh, yeah, then we'll be good for four months until noon. You know, you know what we're going to get in front of tenant? Dune trailer. Dune trailer. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're gonna get that dune trailer um all right well i guess that's it for the episode drew stakongba thank you sir. thank you sir all right and you are welcome listeners for episode 397 we'll be back next week with uh what are we talking about i don't even know stuff stuff for sure lovecraft country oh yeah i'm watching that tomorrow yeah oh, i can't wait um and then uh yeah that's it so remember hashtag black lives matter uh, you know they still have an arrest of those cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Isn't that crazy? Say what? They still have an arrest of those cops that arrested Breonna Taylor. Ex fucking excuse me. They still have an arrest of those cops that arrested Breonna Taylor. What state did that happen in? Uh, I'm not even sure anymore. But was, actually, was that actually, St. Louis. Uh, was it? Uh, maybe the actual. I think the DA's office was meeting with the family. So there may be some movement. There may be some rumblings on some action being taken. I just want to know. I mean. A, are they still investigating, or B, did the DA just decline to prosecute? No, it's still, I believe, still being, from what I've just heard, still being looked at. Okay, so at least they haven't declined to prosecute. Yes. We, ha- we haven't gotten there yet. We have, not then, had, we have not had that declaration then, because yet. That is an issue. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> we have not gotten there yet. Okay. They're going to be like, uh, are you guys okay with third degree? Uh, <laughs> okay. Whatever. Third degree uh, felony assault? No, what? It was murder. Um, oh, yeah, kill your masters and eat the rich. That's it. That's it, guys. So take care. Bye-bye. A PFT Media Production.